You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, The Voice. Enjoy. We're so glad you're here with us online at Highway. And we are looking forward to the moment where we're physically together again. But we're not going to skip a beat. We haven't. We're, keep on, we're going forward. Nothing's going to stop us. Haven't you heard the song, Ain't No Stopping Us Now? That's us. No one's stopping. God is for us. Who can be against us? Who can stop us? Hallelujah. We, we uh, are believing God with you for you to go forward, for you to realize who you are in Christ and to stand up and take authority over the darkness that's trying to quit you, trying to get you to quit, trying to stop you, trying to get you to back up trying to get you to pause and reconsider what God has already spoken to you. We're a voice of God's goodness in your life to say, don't you dare give up. Don't you, don't you dare question or reconsider what God has already promised you. It's yours and His Word is everlasting. The flowers fade, the grass withers, but the Word of the Lord stands forever. If He promised it you 10 years ago, it's just as fresh today as the moment He spoke it to your heart. You grab a hold of what He said to you. You open your mouth and declare that it's done. There is no expiration date on what He said to you. Hallelujah! Last Sunday, we talked about voices. And I really encourage you to listen to that message multiple times because there's a depth of things in that message that will help you discern the times that we're in and discern the voices that are attempting to get your attention. We said last week that there are many voices in the earth, but there is only one voice that can make you new. There's only one voice that can set you free and keep you free. There's only one voice that can lead you into wholeness. And that's the voice of the one who made you. So we called that message voices last week. Well, this week we're going to call our message the voice. The voice. And though there are many voices in the earth... There is only one voice that perfectly knows you. That completely understands you. There's, there's one voice and only one that you were built to respond to. There's only one voice that your heart was designed to hear and follow. You are made to respond to the voice, the voice of the one who made you. How many have seen The Voice, the show on TV? Yeah, I've watched, I don't know if I've ever watched a whole episode, but I've seen parts of it here and there. And I enjoy watching the vocalists tear it up and do their thing. Um, but you know, on the show, The Voice, if I got it right, I like, I like the idea where you've got the, the team captains, the team leaders, the judges sitting with their back turned, you know, their, their back turned to the voices that are about to sing. And they, they know before they hear anything, they already have something in mind of what they're looking for. They already know inside of them because they're experienced and they've heard a lot of voices in their lifetime, they already know what they're looking for. And the, the, the way the show is set up, each one of those team leaders uh, wants to get the right voice on their team, the voice that's going to enable them to win, right? So they're listening for the winning voice. And with their back to the voice, as soon as they hear a voice they think could be the winning voice, what do they do? They smack that red button and spin their chair around and they say, I want you on my team. Well, this is the way you're built. You're built to recognize the voice of God. You can't see Him with your physical eyes, but you've been wired 
on the inside to recognize his voice. And I think back to my lifetime, it's, it's been many years now, 30 plus years, when I first heard the voice of God. And when I first heard his voice, who I was meant to be came alive. Without anyone telling me anything, I knew that I was hearing the voice of the one who made me. Have you heard his voice? When you hear the voice of the one who made you, it will awaken the real you. And every other voice from that moment on will pale in comparison. The voice of the one who made you. When you hear the voice of your heavenly father, you'll hit the red button and your chair will spin around and you'll say, you're the one I want to go through life with. I want to be on your team. I want you to be on my team because I know if you're for me, I'm going to win this thing. Do you know his voice? Knowing the voice of God is actually very simple. His voice is not hard to hear. It's the other voices that try and distract us that can make it seem like God's voice is hard to hear. So we're going to talk about the voice of your heavenly father so that you can respond to him and go through life on his team knowing that you have the victory already. All right? I looked up voice in the dictionary. I like doing that. And this is straight from the dictionary. One of the definitions of voice is this. An attitude expressed. What is a voice? It's an attitude that is expressed. Many voices in the earth. Many attitudes being expressed. Right? It's what a voice is. It's, a, it's an attitude out loud. That's what a voice is. It's an it's a attitude with the speakers on. What's an attitude? Look that up. I looked it up in the dictionary. You know what the dictionary said? An attitude, a set way of thinking. A lot of voices in the earth. A lot of, a lot of set ways of thinking that have turned the speakers on so you can hear what they have to say. What's a voice? It's, it's a, a determined set way of thinking that is speaking out loud at you. It's a way of looking at things. It's, a, it's, it's an attitude that's developed from a pattern of thoughts over a period of time. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Actually, let's read 1 Corinthians 14. I'm sorry. Before we go to Matthew chapter 12, let's read the same verse we started out with last week, I believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 10. Talking about voices. Attitudes expressed, set ways of thinking with the speakers on. 1 Corinthians 14.10, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices, attitudes expressed in the world, and none of them is without signification. Every one of them is signaling something to you whether they realize it or not. Every voice is attempting to point your thought life in a specific direction. What is Satan after? Your thought life. If he can get your thought life, he's got your life. 
We watched a movie called The Iron Lady about Margaret Thatcher. And in that movie, and that, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't read a lot about her. I know of her historically. She was the prime minister of England for 11 and a half years through the 80s. The same time Ronald Reagan was the president of our nation and was instrumental in, in, in was a world changer. But in the movie, her, her children are, are concerned that she's hallucinating and that she's not doing well and they want her to go see the doctor. And she's sitting in the doctor's office and he's concerned about her too. So he asks her a question. He says, how do you feel? And I, I, it was a good scene. I forget exactly how she said it. But she said something like, that's the problem with this generation. They're focused on how they feel instead of the ideas, instead of ideas. She said, your thoughts will become your, let's see if I get this right, your thoughts will become your actions and your actions will become your habits and your, your habits will become your attitudes. Your attitude, your attitude will become your character. She said, I don't think about how I feel, right? I'm fine, she said. <laughs> I like that. But she, at least in the movie, she recognized where strength comes from. Not from the way you're currently feeling, but from what you believe. And what you believe has a lot to do with what you think about on a daily basis. So what are voices trying to do? Get you to think about things that will point you or move you in a different direction other than the direction God has for you. Matthew chapter 12. Now we can go to Matthew chapter 12. Many voices in the earth, many attitudes being expressed with the speakers on. Matthew 12, 34. This is Jesus talking. And he makes a, an eye-opening statement. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, not the mind, the heart, the mouth speaks. <laughs> I like that. Listen to what the message says. Matthew 12, 34, the end of the verse. It's your heart, not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. I want you to think on that for a moment. It's your heart, not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. Listen to me, this is why the Bible is so misunderstood and so uh, mistaught. You can't understand the word of God if you don't know the heart of God. People become legalistic with words. The media is excellent at this. But you said, people say, well, the Bible says right here. And you might look and maybe the words that they're saying are on the page but the reason they don't understand them is because they don't know the heart of the one who's spoken those words. It's your heart, not the dictionary, that gives meaning to your words. This, this changes everything. So if I want to get to know someone, I've got to know their heart. If I want to know God's voice in my life, I need to know God's heart in my life. If I don't know the heart of God, I'm not going to recognize the voice of God. You see? So obviously, since this is God talking, he's designed us this way. So God's design, and it's good to look at God's design, when you'll go all the way back to Genesis and see that God made us in his image, just read Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. It will open things up to you. 
But God made us in his image and God made male and female. God came up with this, this amazing thing we call marriage. And God's design was for a man and a woman, a husband and wife, to come together and to be joined in union. And from that union, another life would come forward. Uh, some of our children were just studying anatomy and the reproductive system. And I said to one of them, isn't this amazing? It's just amazing that the system that God put in our body to produce another life. It's amazing. So what was God's design? It was God's design that a child would have a father and a mother, two voices in their life, and that they would hear God's voice expressed through the voice of their dad and their mom. That's God's design. Now, isn't it interesting that children are listening long before they're speaking, right? Long before. And I'm sure you've heard it said, we have two ears and one mouth, right? So we should listen twice as much as we talk. I like that. So God designed us to grow up with a mother and a father expressing his attitude toward us. Why? So that we could get to know his voice. See? So we are made to hear his voice, to continue listening to his voice. And as Jesus said in Matthew 12, as we're continuing to listen to, our, to his voice, what's happening in our heart? Our heart's being filled up with his attitude. So get this picture. This is how we're made. Jesus in Matthew 12, 34 gives us insight to the way that we're built. So we're made to hear God's voice and as we're listening to it and continue to listen to, listen to it, our, our hearts are being filled with his attitude, with his thoughts, with the way he looks at things. And once our hearts are filled with his attitude, with the way he looks at things, with his thoughts, we begin speaking them with our mouth. And what does that release? God's attitude, God's thoughts, God's ways into the atmosphere around us. See, God's all about reproducing. And this is how he does it. He needs someone to listen to it and someone to keep listening, not just once, but to develop a lifestyle of daily listening to his voice. And if someone will do that, their heart will begin to fill up with his attitude, his thought, his way of looking at things. And as their heart fills up, they will reach a point where their heart will begin to overflow. And out of the overflow of their heart, their mouth will begin to say the things he says. And things will begin to change in their life. But this can't happen if you're not listening to his thoughts, if you don't know his heart. God's heart is always full with life, with light, with health, with righteousness, with everything that is good and pure. But we have to choose to listen to his voice so that our hearts would become full with who he is. Now, it was also God's plan to have a people in the earth. And we see uh, throughout the scriptures, and we see in the New Testament, 
a New Testament church, a body of people that listen to his voice and speak his attitudes and thoughts into the earth. It's called the ecclesia, the church, right? So it's, it's the responsibility of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and everyone in the body of Christ to regularly be hearing from God so that our hearts are continually filled and we can speak Christ, speak life, speak victory, speak the good news to those around us and to the world at large. Now, let me say this to you, and it's okay because we're all in the same boat. If our heart is not full of his voice, we are dysfunctional. Okay? I'm waving my hand. That's me. That's you. That's all of us. We've all fallen short of God's design. Most of us, well, I, I say none of us have had perfect parents. I know that. None of us have had perfect parents. Some of us have had some, some real uh, interesting times growing up <laughs> in an atmosphere that was far less than godly. Right? Now, we forgive our parents for what they did or didn't do. But listen, I'm a parent, and my children's were testified. I am not a perfect parent. And all the children said, preach it, pastor. Right? Far from a perfect parent. We've all fallen short. So don't get upset about what you went through as a child. It's in your past, what you did have or what you didn't have. That's behind you now. And no matter how good your parents were, you still need the voice of God in your life. The best a parent can do is to teach a child to know the voice of their heavenly father. But no matter how good the parents were, that child is going to reach an age where they are accountable for their own decisions and they need to choose when no one else is around to be listening to the voice of their heavenly father. No one else can fill your heart up but you. You are the one who decides what's in your heart what's filling you up and what's going to come out of your mouth by what you listen to. So if, if our heart is not full of the voice of God, we are dysfunctional. We don't function properly. We're, we're, we're like a, a, a machine with something out of whack. Where something we need, a, we need a um, we need a tune-up. We need something changed. We we need to be um, worked on. In fact, this is why the apostle Paul prayed for the believers in Ephesus that they would know in chapter three, Ephesians chapter three, starting at verse eighteen, verse nineteen. He prayed that they would know the height, the width, the depth, the breadth of the love that God has for them that they would know the love that Christ has for them. Why? So that they could be filled with God's fullness. That was the apostles' prayer for them. I pray that for each of you. I pray that you would know the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of God's intimate, powerful love for you that you would know the love of Christ so that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Do you know that's how we're filled with the fullness of God? It's not by religious uh, sacraments and, and, and doing a bunch of good deeds. It's by knowing how much he loves us. It's by recognizing his voice and listening to it regularly. And if you'll listen to his voice, he will instill in you a confidence in his love for you. So what does God's voice sound like? It's a good question, huh? I'm talking about hearing God's voice. What does it sound like? Is he an alto, a tenor, bass, 
soprano? What genre does he sing in? <laughs> listen, listen to me because many people have gone astray by trying to hear an audible voice from God. In other words, many people have gotten frustrated or discouraged or even led into a dark direction because they were trying to audibly hear with their ears God's voice. But that's not what I'm talking about. And that's not what the scriptures are talking about. When it's talking about hearing from God. Why are we not talking about sound waves coming into our physical ears when we're talking about the voice of God? Because that is a faulty system of communication. Our five senses fall way short of the, of the intimate communication God wants to have with you. All of us know what it's like to think we heard someone say something, but that's not what they said, right? But you didn't you say, no, I didn't say that. I've had people say that to me after a message, and, and you said, and I know I didn't say that. <laughs> but that's what they heard, right? Or you saw, saw something that looked like, and you really, wait a minute, oh, what I thought I saw, was it really what was there, right? Our senses mislead us. There is an infinitely better way to communicate than sound waves, than our five senses. Well, what is that way? Spirit to spirit. So many are completely ignorant of what I'm saying. God wants to communicate to you spirit to spirit. In John chapter 4, verse 24, when Jesus was talking with the woman at the well, he said to her, God is spirit. And those who worship him, those who want to know him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. Later on, a couple chapters later in John uh, chapter uh, 6, verse 63, he said, it's the spirit, that's the realm where all the power is, it's the spirit that gives life, the flesh Prophets, nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and are life. There's nothing more pitiful than a carnal Christian. <laughs> There's nothing more harmless to the devil, let me say it that way, than a, car than a carnal Christian. Than a Christian that... Uh, has to know what God wants with their five senses. If they don't see it, they don't believe it. If they don't hear it, if they don't feel it, they don't believe it. That's a carnal Christian. They're trying to know God with their five senses and the devil can lead them any direction he wants to. I'm not trying to put anyone down, I'm just being real with you. If you're trying to know God by your five senses, you're playing the devil's game. So, you can keep going if you want to, but you're going to lose because that's his territory. Instead, why not step into a whole different way of living and start communing with God with your spirit, with the eyes and ears of your heart, this is where the devil has no power. This is where the devil can't fool you because your spirit knows the voice of God and your spirit doesn't have to uh, uh, see anything naturally, feel anything naturally, 
to know when the Father's leading. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your spirit is made alive to him. Not your five senses, your spirit. So if you want to walk in the spirit, start listening to your spirit. How do you start listening to your spirit? Start meditating on what God has said in his word. As you meditate on the word of God, your spirit will gain the ascendancy in you. And it will make your spirit sensitive to the voice of God when you meditate in the word of God. Not legalistically, but according to the nature, the goodness of God. So if we're going to ask the question, what does God's voice sound like? Really knowing, remember that a voice is an attitude expressed. A voice is a, a set way of thinking with the speakers on. The better question, question to ask is what's God's attitude toward me? What's God's set way of thinking? What is God's heart towards me? What are God's thoughts towards me? Now here's where uh, religious experts freak out and tell people like me to be quiet. Because the scriptures reveal to us that God wants you to know his thoughts. God invites you to know his thoughts that God has revealed his thoughts to you in his word and through his son. God openly invites every human being to know his thoughts after him, to think as God thinks, and to see things as God sees them. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. I'm amazed at, at the amount of times I've heard over the years, and it's a whole lot more than I can ever count, ministers who've been in ministry for many years, some of them with impressive degrees and, and impressive resumes, tell people that we are being presumptuous to think that we can know God's will and God's thoughts when that is the very purpose of this book. <laughs> that is the very purpose of the Son coming. To express and demonstrate to us clearly the will of God. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the thoughts... That's a voice, right? What's a voice? A thought pattern expressed, right? I know the thoughts that I think toward you. And I'm not going to tell you. No. It's like God saying, do you want to know? Can I share with you how I look at you? Can I reveal to you my attitude towards you? My set way of thinking about you? Just keep reading. <laughs> I, know, I know my set way of thinking about you, says the Lord. It, thoughts of shalom, peace, untroubled, undisturbed well-being. That is my set thought pattern towards you. That is what I have determined I want your life to be like. A life of untroubled, undisturbed well-being, a life of prosperity. Straight from the Father. No religious degree required. In fact, one translation says thoughts to prosper you. That's my set way of thinking. If you want to know what I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about prospering you. Straight from the mouth of God. I'm going to go with that. 
and not harming you. God's going to tell us this stuff because there are other voices trying to tell us otherwise. And many of them are religious folk. I have a, a set way of thinking. It's to give you a future and a confidence and a hope. The message translation says it this way. I have a set way of thinking. I have plans to give you the future you hope for. This is God's voice, isn't it? This is God's attitude expressed. It's his set pattern of thinking with the speakers on. Psalm 139. See, if you find God's voice in his word, don't you? The people that run off and just say, I'm going to go up on a mountain somewhere and try and hear from God, oftentimes get misled. Because Satan will try and appeal to your senses. Many, uh, many people have been led astray that way because, you know, angels of darkness, Satan himself appears as an angel of light. And he'll try and appeal to your senses. I just saw an angel of light. Doesn't mean it was God. Doesn't mean it was from God. You've got to know the word of God to know the voice of God, right? We're reading it right now. He's revealing his heart towards you so you can understand his word. Psalm 139, verses 17 and 18. This is the Passion Translation. Are you ready for this? Here's God's set thought pattern towards you. Every single moment, this is from the perspective of the psalmist, every single moment you, God, are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Wow. See, when you come across scriptures like this, just chew them, meditate on them, eat them, think about them. Let them fill your heart up so that they begin coming out of your mouth automatically in any situation. Oh God, your desires toward me are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When I awake each morning, you're still with me. What is it? Uh, what am I thinking of? Lamentations is your loving kindnesses are new every morning. Every morning, brand new loving kindnesses. He's cherishing me constantly. He's cherishing you constantly. But what about all the wrong things I did yesterday? Doesn't matter. He's cherishing you constantly. He's cherishing you constantly. He's cherishing you constantly. <laughs> So contrary to a lot of religious teaching out there, God gave us his word so that we know his heart, that we know his voice, and God sent his son so that we could know his voice. Jesus is the attitude of God expressed. Jesus is God's set pattern of thinking with the speakers on. Hebrews chapter one, verses one through three. Verse three, I won't go through them all, I'm gonna move forward time-wise, but verse three tells us that he's the exact expression of the nature of God. I do wanna to read to you Colossians 2, nine, and then later on we're gonna come back to this verse. But Colossians 2, nine in the Amplified, talking about Jesus, are you ready? For in Jesus, the whole, W-H-O-L-E, fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Why is that helpful to know? When I'm in my Bible reading the ministry of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, 
Luke, John, and Acts, what am I reading? The full expression of God's nature. I'm seeing the voice of God in action. Every time Jesus puts his hand on someone and ministers healing, that's God's voice. When the leper comes and says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus says, of course I'm willing. That's the voice of God. And it has to change. If you're wondering if God is willing to heal you, you can know by just looking at Jesus. Isn't that great? Now, be aware that there are religious leaders that will, that will tell you otherwise. But whose voice are you going to listen to? The person of Christ as recorded in the scriptures or, or pastor so-and-so from seminary somewhere. I'm going to go with Jesus, right? I want to know his voice. He's given us his word. You don't have to take anyone else's word for what they're saying. You can read it for yourself. I hope you've got a hard copy Bible. Oh, I hope you're not going through life without eating this book, a hard copy version. Man, if you, if you are, you're, you're like a sitting duck, bro. <laughs> Just, I mean, the devil can, can manipulate you and religious ideas. And you, before you'll know it, you're going you're gonna to end up in a, in, a, in a condition or a situation. You're not going to know what to do. Get a hard copy Bible. Make it the most important thing you read. You know, there is no reliable news source other than the Bible. Completely reliable. Some news sources are more reliable than others. But if you want a perfectly reliable news source, this is it. Just say it. Okay? Just say it. So, as People living in 2020, we're listening to the voice of Jesus. New Testament believers, I'm sure many of you are watching are New Testament believers. So we're not listening for the voice of Moses. We're not listening for the voice of Elijah. We're not listening for the voice of John the Baptist. Who are we listening for? Everybody said Jesus. We're listening for Jesus. Do you remember uh, in the scriptures on what's called the, the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus is alone with James, Peter, and John and his, his form is, is revealed to them and he begins glowing. They begin to see his glory. And who appears with Jesus? Do you remember from the scriptures? In your hard copy Bible, Moses and Elijah. What was Peter's reaction? Let's make a tabernacle, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. Won't that be nice? What is God, what does the voice of God say? He says, this is my son. Listen to him. He doesn't even give Moses and Elijah a nod. It's time to listen to the voice of Jesus. He's God's son. He's the one we're listening for, right? Well, what does God's son have to say about us? What is his voice proclaiming in the earth today? Well, let's read it. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 in the Amplified. This is the voice. This is Jesus, Luke's recording of Jesus' announcement that I'm here and I'm going to begin my ministry. And he's in the temple and he's reading from the scroll of Isaiah. No one has ever done this before and no one could ever do it again because he was the fulfillment of it. He opens the scroll in, the fr in front of everybody and he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. What's good news to someone who's poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Sounds like God's voice on the earth. To send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, who are bruised, who are crushed and broken down by calamity. To proclaim, that's a voice, the voice of God. Proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. The day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That's Jesus' voice in the earth. Mark chapter 1 begins Jesus making this statement at the beginning of his ministry after he came out of the desert. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. Think differently. Instead of thinking someone else's set pattern of thoughts, adopt God's set pattern of thoughts and believe the good news. Hallelujah. Listen to me. God sent his son to demonstrate his voice before us, in front of us. And then God sent his spirit to demonstrate his voice through us. God sent his son to demonstrate his voice before us, in front of us, and then he sent his spirit so that we could demonstrate his voice through us. This is Pentecost Sunday, right? It's good to know what we have to celebrate. God gave us his spirit. Acts chapter 1, Pentecost Sunday. Are you ready? Are you filled with the voice of God? Are you full of his spirit? Are you demonstrating his nature in the earth? In Acts chapter 1, Jesus says to his disciples, after he's risen from the dead, after he's appeared to them for 40 days, almost six weeks, just before he's getting ready, to go back to his father, he commands them, it says in verse 4 of Acts 1, he commanded them not to depart for Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. So he's told them about the Holy Spirit coming. He calls it the promise of the Father. This is what we've all been waiting for. For the Holy Spirit to descend from heaven and to come and live inside of us and demonstrate the nature and heart of God through us. Pentecost Sunday. Verse 5, for John baptized with water, but you're about to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I've seen, just saying, I've, been, I've seen Christians make a bigger deal about water baptism than the Holy Spirit. I mean, H2O, I'm glad for it, but give me the Holy Ghost seven days a week. Hallelujah. Verse 8. You will receive power. You know, you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit without being baptized in water. I was. <laughs> I know that might not meet your religious formula, but I was. Then I was baptized in water, I don't know, months after that. Oh boy, I like rocking your boat a little bit. You know, Jesus came, not so you can get wet with H2O, but you can get full of the Holy Ghost. The water of his word is what you need. That's the water you need, the water of the word. That's the water that cleanses you and makes you new. Believing his word is the baptism, baby. 
Woo! You will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you shall be like me in the earth. You'll be my witnesses in the earth. So you understand that the day of Pentecost is different for different people. What was, prior to the book of Acts, what was the celebration of Pentecost about? Do you know? Oh man, I, I just don't have time to get through this good stuff. We're going to have to continue. Well, what was it about? We'll start there. The celebration of Pentecost was a celebration of God giving the law on Mount Sinai. That's what, that's what the Jewish people were celebrating. Interesting. The Bible calls the law the ministry of condemnation. The law of sin and death. Now, stay with me. Don't, I'm not against the law. Don't misunderstand me. God's law is good. It's holy. It's pure. It's perfect and it's righteous. So I'm not putting down the law in any stretch of the imagination. What I want to come against here is a legalistic mindset, okay? So no need to throw any stones, just listen. Mount Sinai, the law was given in four, about 1446 BC, okay? That's about 1446 years before Jesus came. How long has man been on the earth since Adam? Well, if you trace it back and go through the genealogies, it's about 6,000 years. So how long was it from Adam to the giving of the law? A little over 2,500 years. The law was in effect for 1,446 years. How long has it been since Jesus came? Over 2,000 years. Do you know that Jesus fulfilled the law and God in Hebrews, it said God found fault with the law, with the, with the Sinaitic covenant because it couldn't change people. It couldn't save anybody. And he issued a new covenant. It's all in Hebrews. I'm not making it up. Jesus implemented a new covenant. So this covenant from Mount Sinai was only in effect about 1446 years out of 6,000 years 2,500 years before it and 2,000 years after it that means it was only in effect less than 25% of the time that we've been in earth there were 2,500 years of relationship with God prior to Mount Sinai why is it that so many Christians are determined to preach this less than 25% of what God's done in the earth? Why have so many believers developed this legalistic mentality instead of preaching the Holy Spirit and the good news of Jesus Christ? Because they've been listening to the wrong voices. You know, when I preach, I'm never really done. I just have to stop sometimes. <laughs> and I'm getting close to having to stop. Are you okay? This is a tough one to talk about because people get mad when you start talking about the law saying it's no longer in effect for us. And we're going to have to get into that deeper next week because the scriptures will back me up on this like you may not realize. This is from the scriptures, okay? But let me just, we'll, I'll just say this and we'll close and we'll go into it a little more deeper next week. Let's compare quickly, just for time's sake, Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. The day of Pentecost in Acts and the day of Pentecost in the Old Testament. The day of Pentecost in the Old Testament, what was God doing? He was trying to save man, trying to keep man from destroying himself because of his self-righteousness and arrogance. That's why the law was given. 
The law was given because man's heart had become so hard after 2,500 years of, uh, of uh, arguing with God in so many cases and thinking that they had all the answers that God gave them the law to show them they desperately needed a savior. That is the purpose of the law. To point us, remember every voice points us? The law points us to Jesus. It points us to our need for an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know, and you can look in Exodus uh, chapter 32, verse 38, on the day, on the, the Mount Sinai, uh, Pentecost, the, when the law was given, do you know that 3,000 people died? And that's what is celebrated every year. Doesn't sound like a celebration to me. Because men were rebelling against God instead of receiving him and, and looking in the direction that his law was pointing to a savior. Do you know that on the day of Pentecost in Acts, God was not trying to save man. He had already saved man. He had already given his son. What God was doing was filling men and women who were saved with his very spirit. That he was, he was birthing a new breed of people into the earth. And do you know that on the day of Pentecost and the Acts, no one died. 3,000 people were saved. We don't have time to continue. We're going to go into one, our final scripture. You see, we're celebrating Pentecost because the Holy Spirit has come. Salvation was made available to us before he came, but now not only can we be saved and made new creatures, we can be filled with the very power and life of God. Are you ready? Put your seatbelts on. You can be filled with the fullness of God just like Jesus was in his walk on the earth. Let me read it to you. Colossians 2. Verses 9 and 10, we read verse 9 earlier. For in him, in Jesus, the whole fullness of the deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Can I read you one more verse? You need to keep reading. And you, talking to New Testament believers, you are in him made full F-U-L-L -L, and having come to fullness of life in Christ you too you also are filled with the Godhead Father, Son and Holy Spirit and reach full spiritual stature <laughs> I'm all about celebrating the day of Pentecost. What are we celebrating? That we're filled with the very Spirit of God. We're filled with the fullness of God so that He can demonstrate His attitude and nature and will and purpose and voice through us to the world around us so that we can do the things Jesus did and greater things than these. I didn't make that up. Jesus said it. Find it in your Bible. Come on. It's time for New Testament believers, for this new breed of people in the earth to make a big deal about the Holy Spirit, to start celebrating the reality of the fullness of the Godhead in us. Hallelujah. Glory to your name, Lord. So I want you to stand to your feet. We're done here. And I want to pray for you. I want you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you have not already, and if you have, start worshiping Him. Start celebrating the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You have been clothed with power from on high. Don't wait to feel it. Just believe it because Jesus said it. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. 
and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.